I'm Heather Roberts here with Dr. Jim Moore, political analyst with Pacific University. And Dr. Moore, I'm very excited to talk with you about not only your event that you'll be doing next week with City Club of Central Oregon, but just your take on what Oregon voters can expect. We're in for some changes potentially over the next year. What do you see really as the biggest issue that Oregon voters face in this upcoming election? Let's just start with a a little small question. Well, yeah, a little small question. Clearly, the direction of the state, you know, the governor's not up, but every basically every other statewide office is up. Oregon is at the center of who's going to control the U.S. House, which is exciting. So all you Bend voters in, in District 5, uh, you're a battleground. Um, so that'll be exciting. And then, uh, you know, the ballot measures, the ballot measures are coming together. And one of them we're going to talk about because it's it's to change the way that we vote. Uh, and remember, Oregon has kind of led the country in experimenting with how we vote, uh, vote by mail and all those other kinds of things. And then going to the motor voter thing where everybody who goes to the DMV is now automatically registered. So we're we're at the the forefront, but not the cutting edge on this one. Other Others have done uh, uh, ranked choice voting before, but this would be a big, big, big experiment and a, an interesting way for Oregonians to think about the way they take part in elections. So let's dive into ranked choice voting. It is a question that Portland voters have already decided, but around the state, there's so much confusion over what that would mean. Why is that concept so elusive to voters? Well, voters are used to what goes back thousands of years. You have an election, you choose who you want, the winner wins, but then there, beginning about 200 years ago, 300 years ago, people put in kind of caveats on that. Should it be that somebody who wins has to have an absolute majority? So if you have more than two people in the election, you then have to have a second election sometimes to get to somebody who wins by that majority. Okay, and so that that's that's part of our DNA. That's part of how we vote. That's how our primaries uh, work um, when we look at the nonpartisan elections around the state for city council and things like that. And so it it, it challenges kind of what we think voting is. Um, and then it opens up possibilities for can voting do other things? So people talking about ranked choice voting talk about, aha, It'll bring in new voices. It'll lower partisanship. It'll do. Uh, it'll make government more responsive. So there's those kinds of things going around. Reform ideas with it as well, and that's a lot to take in. That's a lot to understand. That's a lot to make sense of in your own life. Do you see voters making such a huge shift? I mean, to your point, it changes the entire mentality of how I'm voting. It's saying. I want this person to win, but if this person doesn't, I'd be okay if this person wins. Yeah, and on the other side of it, think about it, you as a candidate, you have to run to win and also get second or third place. Because you want to be you want to be listed as number two or number three on other people's ballots. You know, I in Oregon, I don't think it has a good chance right now. And the reason is simple. When Oregonians get reform ideas like this, they think they're great. And then the opposition comes in, and the opposition may not even oppose the idea, but they'll say, this is a great idea, but this isn't the right way to do that. 
And in Oregon, with ballot measures, the safest thing to do is vote no, because that keeps the system that you understand that we have now. And so that's why you have so many ballot measures that start out with 60% in favor, 65% in favor, and then they lose only getting 45% of the vote because doubt is sown in enough voters that you lower that, oh, I think it's a great idea number, down to, I'm, I'm not sure about this. Let's see what happens. Uh, maybe somebody else should experiment with it. So based on that, that history, I will, I would argue though, that things like measure 110 oh, yeah. are new ideas that Oregonians went, yeah, let's try this, but maybe that's going to backfire. We've got a little bit of buyer's remorse with measure 110. Are we ready to do some other big, massive shift in voting where we're, we're kind of fresh off that? Are we going to be sorry we did that too? Yeah. Yeah. And measure 110 is a great example because in effect, because it's a statute, the buyer's remorse can be reflected in the special session going on right now. Exactly. Oh, we need to you know, play with it a lot, play with it a little. We're not happy with it. We need to kind um, of fix the voter's decision. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so the, the issue in 2024 is a bit more complex because it's going to get tied up in the presidential race, which is going to dominate everything. That's the context for every election out there. So a great number of Republicans are going to look at this and say, would ranked choice voting be something that would help Donald Trump get elected? And a great number of Democrats are going to look at it and say, will ranked choice voting be something that would prevent the rise of somebody like Donald Trump? And they're going to bring that to, to their voting. And so it adds another layer of complexity. To that same point, talk to me a little bit about redistricting. We just went through that process. We see other states even their new maps going into the courts to be determined whether they're fair or equal. Where is Oregon at with redistricting? How are we uh, doing? Yeah, Oregon is nowhere with redistricting. So we do it the same way we've always done it, which is it's up to the legislature. Why? Because they are the elected representatives of we the people. They ought to do it. However, partisanship is a big part of the way that all redistricting is done. And actually, much less in Oregon than in other parts of the country, but it still plays a role in Oregon. And a lot of places have said, you know, we ought to get the partisanship out of there. Here's the problem. We now have a number, dozens of redistricting plans out there. And a, more than half of them, when it comes down to it, are still just as partisan as giving it to the state legislature. For instance, you have an independent commission, it does its thing, that's great, but then the partisan elected governor can overrule it. Whoops. And so getting that right is tough. Now there are enough examples out there that if Oregon was gonna do it, they could look out, we could look out there and say, aha, we wanna take this from this program and this from this program, put them together. That will be a truly nonpartisan, isolated from the, the, the political parties, isolated from the elected officials system, and we could put it in place. But we're not very far along that process right now. I got to say, I'm skeptical of anything that where they say it's removing partisanship, because I just don't see any political system where you can remove partisanship. No. On that, to that point, there's been a lot of talk of open primaries, mm -hmm. uh, and we only have a, a few minutes left, and I knew that this conversation was going to go longer than my time allotted. But open primaries, again, another interesting concept yeah. to remove partisanship, to open the doors of, of the democracy to 
more people. But is that the reality for, for areas that have done that? When we look at places that have open primaries, and there's a lot of variations about what that means, the place to look at is Washington State. Washington State has had a form of this going back 90 years. And guess what? The results in Washington State are no different than what we would expect if it was totally partisan primaries. We just don't see much difference in who gets through to the, the uh, general election and what the results would be. Is that um, and because also, voters just are inherently partisan by the time yeah. they get down to the nitty gritty? Yeah, absolutely. The only place where it makes a difference is if you're overwhelmingly in a Democratic or Republican district and you end up with uh, two Republicans or two Democrats running against each other. But those are actually fairly rare to find those kinds of districts. And so, yeah, it, it, it means that the voters are inherently partisan. Now, here's the trick. This is part of my context for next week. Here in Oregon, the biggest group of us are unaffiliated voters. We don't want to be Democrats. We don't want to be Republicans. And by 2030, 35, sometime in there, that group is probably going to be more than half of all the registered voters in Oregon. So will that make a difference? For instance, could we have a nonpartisan uh, commission to redistrict that's composed only of unaffiliated voters? But see, my again, I am skeptical of anything oh, yeah. because unaffiliated does not mean not no. left or right of center. It just, no, it means, just means you don't want chosen, the label. Right. You've chosen yeah. to not label yourself. And that's that's fine. But you have opinions and you're going to yeah. fall on one side or the other. Yeah. Because that's yeah, just exactly. And so there are very few who are actually truly unaffiliated. They just don't want to be labeled. And we can tell that in Oregon. Because when we see where how people vote, when there is a non-Democrat or Republican in an election, that person gets creamed. All those people who are unaffiliated are voting for a Republican or a Democrat. So Jimmar, it, it's tough. We are out of time. I knew, like I said, I knew this was going to happen. I feel like you and I could talk for an hour. Unfortunately, we don't have an hour this morning. Uh, Jim Moore, political analyst with Pacific University, you are going to be having a greater conversation with other people that will last much longer than this. City Club of Central Oregon, it's called What's on the Horizon for Oregon Election Reforms. That's coming up February 15th at 1130 at the Unitarian Universalist Fellowship in Bend. Uh, exciting conversation, exciting times really in Oregon and the country as we head into this presidential election. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be a very interesting year. The primaries may be a bit boring na nationwide, but uh, boy, the general election is going to be a barn burner. Dr. Jim Moore, thank you so much. You're listening to FM News 100.1 and 1110 KBND.